Welcome to a special edition of Nothing But Airtime. Kids are going back to school. Uh, it's getting that time of year, almost end of August now. Summer's coming to a close, and I have some midsummer awards for you. We will call these the Airtime Awards. We have a couple of awards to give out, some miscellaneous, some NBA offseason, female athlete of the summer, male athlete of the summer, songs of the summer, and movies of the summer. These awards will be brought to you by Anchor. Without Anchor, we will not be here. We would not be presenting these awards. So a quick word for them. Our first sets of awards are looking at film and music. We are going to do the top five movies of the summer with a quick blurb on each and top five songs of the summer as well with a quick blurb on those as well. We are going to start with the movie side of things, and we're going to start at my number five of the summer, and that's The Fourth Conjuring. Now, I'm not a horror movie stan. Uh, they freak me out, give me nightmares, just like most of the rest of the population. But it was free on HBO, so I had to check it out. Conjuring 4, The Devil Made Me Do It was supposedly based on a true story. If you do the research, the case was real. He did get a lesser sentence because they do think he was possessed, but it was a little heavy on the fear-mongering side, which as expected, you know, when you're a Hollywood movie, you're trying to capture the hearts of viewers. You're not trying to do a documentary. That's what those documentaries are for. So if you're interested in that, there's plenty of them on that case that shook America as the demonic case that shocked America was the calling card for this one. And it was a shocking case nonetheless. Pretty scary movie. Entertaining to say the least. Kept me on the edge of my seat. Pretty good close to a pretty good horror movie universe if you want to call it. So that is my number five. Number four is a bit contentious. And it's a bit contentious. I left a quiet place part two off of my summer movie list. Number four, I gave to Space Jam a new legacy. I gave to Space Jam a new legacy because how much controversy, how much people were talking about it. And it was just a generally entertaining movie. I'm a big fan of the Looney Tunes. As you see every Friday and Thursday, I do those fictional basketball battles because of the first Space Jam I watched as a kid. All right, what is it going to look like if Bugs Bunny has to play King Kong in a matchup? You know, we saw that and a new legacy. LeBron overacted a bit, but I thought Don Cheadle was great. I thought the Michael B. Jordan cameo was funny. If you haven't seen it, I recommend go check it out. Completely different style of movie than the first one, but funny nonetheless. When the Warner Brothers universe is kind of cooking around, Sylvester and Elma Fudd are in uh, Austin Powers, and you have Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner and Mad Max, Granny and Speed Gonzalez were in The Matrix. It's funny. It capitalizes on all the movies we watched when we were growing up with the Looney Tunes that you know and love. So Space Jam is my number four movie of the summer. Number three, I have Black Widow. Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson I thought was pretty entertaining. Obviously a prototypical Marvel movie. She finds back with her family. I 
highly recommend go watching it because it sets up what should be a very, very interesting scenario with Clint Martin in the lead for the next few Marvel movies, Bella Fontaine from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, excuse me, comes in and makes a shocking ploy uh, against the Avengers and Black Widow itself. Before that, obviously that's a mid-credits scene, but Black Widow itself entertaining nonetheless. Typical Marvel movie, highly rated, highly entertaining, good acting. Number three on the list. Two and one have John Cena in them. Number two, I'm going with The Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was just released. The Shark, King Shark, was the star of the show. But Idris Elba was good. Anytime you get Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, that's entertaining. And it was just everything we loved about James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy. A good soundtrack, flashy CGI, flashy graphics, good acting. That's what we got with the Suicide Squad. Cena played Pacemaker. I thought he was great. Idris Elba was another good character in that movie. Highly recommend to go watch that one. That's number two on my movies of the summer. Suicide Squad, it is on HBO Max or in theaters right now. And number one, stick into my gun, stick into my heart. I've seen them all in theaters, and I will continue seeing them in theaters because they might make 30 of them. I'm going with Fast 9, the Fast Saga, it was called. A little, little bit all over the place, a lot of bit unrealistic, but that's what you get with Fast and Furious movies, you know you're going for the experience, the fast cars, the good music, the sex appeal of both guys and girls. It is one of the better movie theater experiences for a movie, I think, ever. Um, loud noises, good music, cars. They went to space in this one. Tyrese and Ludacris were very funny. Uh, the loss of The Rock and Jason Statham hurt me a little bit. I loved Jason Statham throughout six, seven, or 7, 8, and uh, Hobbs and Shaw. And the loss of Scott Eastwood's, Clint Eastwood's kid as Mr. Nobody, that was another one that I just, I, I thought he could have, him and Tyrese were pretty funny in Fate of the Furious. Could have kept going with that one, but Fast Saga F9 uh, rounded out my, and that is my top movie of the summer. So number five, Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. Four, Space Jam, A New Legacy. Three, Black Widow. Two, The Suicide Squad. And one, F9. Moving into songs of the summer now. We're a little bit all over the place with the music side of things. I like doing my Tuesday tunes. Uh, this week's Tuesday tune was none other than Tony, Tony, Tone. It feels good and it felt good on Tuesday as I'm recording this. It was hot, hot, hot down in Indianapolis where I've been for the summer, almost 100 degrees. But nonetheless, good Tuesday tune. I will continue posting those on our Twitter at nothing but airtime, N-O-T-H-I-N-B-T-A-I-R-T-I-M-E. But for the top five songs of the summer, number five I went with Stay by Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. I'm not a huge fan of the overplayed, overblown pop songs that are always on the radio and now TikTok. But it is a good song nonetheless. I'm a big Bieber fan. Kid Leroy, I like his music. The two have a good collab here. If you have not listened to it, go. I highly recommend it. Stay by Kid Leroy and Bieber at five. Number four, I'm going to some roots a little bit. I love Dirks Bentley. I would love to see Dirks Bentley in concert. Dirks Bentley, Hardy, and Breland released a song called Beers on Me. Perfect song for Friday at five. 
driving home from work, got the windows down, sun out, beers on me. Dirk Bentley singing about going out and buying beer for the whole crew. That is my number four song of the summer. Number three, going a little indie here. I like the glass animals and I like heat waves. Heat waves was a different type of tune. Uh, one that you don't hear on the radio a ton. And it, it caught me by surprise when I heard it for the first time. And it is one of my top listened to songs of the summer heat waves by glass animals at three. Number two, going back to country, going back to TikTok. I love fancy like by Walker Hayes. It is just a feel good song talking about going out with his girl, getting Applebee's and Oreo shakes, and he's living fancy in his own eyes. I love that song. It's a great summer song, sitting on a park bench, sitting on your patio, got a beer in the hand, seltzer in the hand, whatever it may be, you're drinking fancy because Walker Hayes tells you so. Walker Hayes is going to be at Nico's in Woodstock, Illinois, uh, September 3rd. If you're in the area, I recommend going check him out. He's got a lot of good songs. I've seen him in concert at Summerfest in Milwaukee, and it is a wild time. He's a very fun entertainer, and he's got good music. Fancy like number two for songs of the summer. Number one, and this might just be me, but I love Machine Gun Kelly's new music. It, it kind of encapsulates that punk rock that I grew up on with Blink-182, Green Day, uh, Some 41, stuff like that. Love Race with Kellen Quinn is one of my favorite songs out right now. It's a good song to work out to. It's a good song to get energized to in the mornings, taking a shower in the morning. It's going to wake you up. You're going to sing the song. It's got a heavy guitar, got an ounce, a little bit of that 2000s punk that we have been kind of missing in music now. And I, I love it. It might not be for everybody, but that's my number one song of the summer. So number five, Stay by Kid Leroy and Bieber. Four, Beers on Me by Dirk Bentley. Three, Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Two, Fancy Like Walker Hayes. One, Love Race, Machine Gun Kelly. After the break, we're going to get into the miscellaneous. The miscellaneous awards are a little bit more fun side, looking at memes, looking at WWE, and looking at some of the trending stuff on Twitter. That'll be after the break. Moving forward now, getting into the miscellaneous airtime awards. We have four miscellaneous airtime awards, and we're going to start with the dirtiest celebrities of the summer. And I'm not talking like dirty, like in the bedroom. I'm talking dirtying, like not showering or bathing your kids. I have a problem with this one. I have a problem with this one because I'm a frequent showerer. I like showering in the morning and at night. I, I wake up in the morning. It wakes me up taking a cold shower. It wakes me up. At the end of the day, I like taking a hot shower. It puts me to bed, tires me out, sweats all the pain, whatever. I, if I have a cough, running nose, it's, it's what I do. The Rock tweeted it saying he takes cold shower in the morning, warm shower during the day, hot shower at night. I don't take three showers. That feels like an overuse of water, but I do understand where he's coming from. So when Jake Gyllenhaal decides to say that he doesn't like bathing or showering that much, he feels like he only needs to do it when he's filthy, dirty. He is my number one dirtiest celebrity of the summer. And the memes that have come out of this are just tremendous. So thank you, Twitter, because there was a video of him in the most recent Spider-Man Far From Home as Mysterio, and he comes up in a 
slew of green gas. Now, if you don't are under, if you are not familiar with Mysterio or the Marvel comics, he does always come out of that in the comics. He, it's not something new to the movie, but someone decided to say that was not CGI effects. That was just his odor, and I got a very, very hearty laugh out of Jake Gyllenhaal deciding it's okay not to shower once a day. That's it's, it's disgusting. I'm sorry if there are, and I'm not trying to offend people that don't shower every day, but I got, I'm a guy that likes to keep clean. I think it's a pinnacle of keeping healthy and staying out of sickness. So just hearing guys in Hollywood doing it, I, I can't believe it. My runner's up for this. Eh, we'll call them 1A and 1B. I'm not going to even give up a runner's up because both of these people are disgusting. Or all of these people disgust me. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis don't bathe their kids. Now let me take you, let me take you back for a minute. Remember, as kids, it'd be a little rainy the night before, and you'd play wiffle ball with your neighbors, or you'd play football with your neighbors, or you would play kickball or something outside, and you'd slide around, get mud on them, get mud all over your legs, get mud all your knees, scrape up your knees, whatever. They say they'll shower their kids there. Fine, understood. What age did you guys start using deodorant? How many pairs of clothes did you rewear weekly or like two times a week as a kid? Yeah, kids stink. I'm so, not now I'm not saying they stink as people. They just genuinely smell. Because I was a kid once, my dad taught, my dad coached, my mom taught, I've been around kids. 30, 40% of kids, they just smell. It's it's not their fault. It's just one of those things that you don't know deodorant. You don't know to shower all the time. It could be a parent issue. It could be a kid issue. It could be a stubbornness. Some kids don't like showering. I didn't like my hair, getting my hair cut when I was a kid. Uh, whatever. Kids are weird. We talked about that last week. But looking at not bathing your kid daily, that feels disgusting to me. I feel like when they go to school, and their teacher's like, oh, there's that Kutcher and Kunis kid. He just comes in with flies flying around him every single day. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Number one, as a Hollywood couple, how do you want your kid to represent like that? Number two, how are you okay with saying that? Cleanliness is a huge issue. We're in a literal pandemic right now. And people are like, oh, yeah, I don't bathe my kid. We don't wash the germs off them at the end of the day. Mind you, kids, I talk about how kids smell. Kids also have their hands on everything. So the fact that they don't shower them, clean them, that's not only disgusting, but it's putting their kids and their own selves at risk. I can't believe it, guys. I, I can't believe that this was a real story in a pandemic in the year 2021 where water is readily accessible in our country, and especially for those people. For Jake Hall, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunas, water is very easily accessible for them. Disgusting. So dirtiest celebrities, Jake Hall, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunas, rant over. Meme of the summer. The meme of the summer I have is Tony LaRusso. It's Tony LaRusso running out of the dugout to yell at the umpire because Eloy Jimenez was hit by a pitch. It's very funny. I will have the picture of it posted tomorrow on my Twitter page. It is one of those things people are putting in Rocky. People are putting him running against other Olympians. It's just a very 
memeable picture. Tony Arusa, you get meme of the summer. The best flyer. Yes, the best flyer, folks. And I'm not talking like, hey, here's a flyer. Come to my comedy show. Come listen to my podcast. No, no, no. I'm talking like a person or thing that flies. And then it's a goose. It's just a random goose that CBS 13 took a picture of that was flying upside down. Yes, I will post the picture of the goose flying upside down tomorrow too. The reason why I think it's the best flyer, there's no natural reason why he's doing it. There's no, his wing is broke or his leg is hurt. He's just doing it to show off. That's what experts literally said. Experts said that this goose had no reason to fly upside down for other than just showing off to other birds. So for that goose, I respect you. I respect you and keep doing your own thing. Talking about goose flying upside down, Maverick was inverted once goose took the picture. There's a joke to be made there. Top Gun, an actual goose flying upside down. Hopefully he has a middle finger flicking off other birds. I don't know. He's inverted. Goose was inverted. Best flyer goes to that goose. Best WWE return. Was there even a question? Was there even a question? Big Match John decided it'd be a good time to show up, face off against none other than the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. Heel Roman Reigns, who has been on an absolute terror. People love him on the SmackDown. He's got the bloodline with the Usos. It's a tremendous story. And John Cena decided he was going to come back this summer. And I'm not. There were comebacks this summer that were still. Goldberg came back not not many weeks ago. Keith Lee came back. Uh, Even Marie came back. We're still waiting on the Becky Lynch comeback. I don't know if that's going to come. But there John Cena puts them all to shame. John Cena is the best WWE return you'll ever see for the next four or five years, unless the rumors of The Rock coming back during Survivor Series, that will trump the John Cena return. But John Cena getting the crowd pop for one of the first pay-per-views with live audience with it. He The, the trumpets hit, and then the crowd goes wild, and he's doing the You Can't See Me to Roman Reigns. Best WWE return by far. Keith Lee, Goldberg. Even Marie, great. I like you guys. You're entertaining. You're not big match, John. Becky Lynch came back. There's an argument to be made. I still think it's John Cena's best, is the best, the best by far WWE return. After the break, more awards are given out. This is a basketball podcast. And I haven't talked to any basketball. So we're going to get into some NBA offseason and some awards that came with it. Now, there's only four awards, but I'm going to talk a little bit more thoroughly through the NBA offseason. All that will be after the break. Believe it or not, we are going to talk basketball. This is a basketball podcast. I know, guys, breaking many barriers here. No, I, we've been kind of straying away. I've been doing some comedy, some lifestyle stuff, but the offseason is come and pretty much past. The summer league is starting up here. And uh, there are some awards to be given out. There are some signings to be discussed. There are some trades to be discussed. And there are still some trade rumors to be discussed. Dennis Schroeder was just signed for the mid-level exception by the Boston Celtics. $6 million uh, Tuesday night recording. He was just signed about a couple hours ago. 
That has to be the biggest bag fumbled in NBA history, right? Asking for $84 million playing with LeBron and AD in Los Angeles, and now he's $6 million potentially in a backup point guard role to Marcus Smart with the Boston Celtics. Biggest bag fumbled for sure this offseason. He gets that airtime award. But I don't know if I can give him an all-time airtime award yet. I have to do some research. I will get back to you in these next coming episodes on bigger bags fumbled potentially. But Dennis Schroeder is up there. Dennis Schroeder starts off the airtime awards with the biggest bag fumbled award. The best bag secured. On the flip side now, many young guys got big money. Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Julius Randle. You know who's getting one of the highest AAVs in NBA history? He just signed. Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry has four years, $215 million, folks. That's million with an M. Well-deserved, too. I mean, coming off one of his best seasons... Arguably could have been in the MVP race last season. Not only has he earned it through his pass play, his, he's going to age gracefully. You've got a young team around him. Him, Draymond, and Clay should be competitive in the Western Conference again, getting Jonathan Kaminga, who, mind you, the Warriors call cum bucket. Just an awful, awful rookie nickname. And they got Moses Moody in there. James Wiseman's young. Signed Otto Porter, who's a pretty good guy that plays off the ball. He's going to make them compete. Stephen Curry's going to get them into the playoffs again with a healthy clay, a better, younger team. Steve Curry's going to be healthy. He's going to get them. I have to believe that they will. Well-earned bag secure by Stephen Curry. So kudos to him. Round of applause for the baby face assassin. Because I, I, I was always a big Steph fan. KD went there. It was hard to root for Steph, but he, he changed the game. And – I loved watching him play before and after KD. The ball moved so freely, and he was a big reason why. So I, I, I love seeing the money. I love giving this award to him. Best bag secured goes to Stephen Curry. The best move in the West. Now, this is where I'm going to get into a little bit of discussion. The best move in the West is clearly Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. I, it, it, there's no... There's no other argument to be made. It, it, it's a third star there. He's, I don't want to call it ring chasing, but it, it, it gives LeBron another primary ball handle. LeBron can play a little bit off ball, playing the post. AD can play the center. The pick and pop with Russ and AD is awesome. The fast break's awesome. I don't know, however, if the fit's going to be great. I mean, none of them can shoot. We've seen, we've seen Russell Westbrook choke it off in many playoff scenarios. And that's not his fault. He's been on teams playing with much better or playing against much better talent. But I, I, I'm finding it hard to just pen them in as, a, as the finals rep in the Western Conference. But I think this will definitely put them as a one seed. Russell Westbrook plays 100% every game in the regular season. It's going to make them a number one uh, seed or right around it throughout the season because those guys they can eat, stagger their playing time and it's just going to be great during the regular season. My worry is the postseason, but I think that easily is the best move in the West. 
Number two, I have Chris Paul staying with Phoenix. Phoenix went to the NBA Finals after getting him. I think that's just a clear runner-up. He took less money. He They got a uh, campaign back. They signed Alfred Payton. If they could get another big man in there, that'd be great. But Cam or Chris Paul going to going back to the Suns, excuse me, very fair deal. Very good deal, just not as good as getting a third star there. Slick, and if I wanted to be honest, filling out the Lakers roster with shooters is another best move in the West. It, and, and it's not even a one guy I'm pinning it on. Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore. Getting those guys in that have played rotational minutes around ball-dominant guys, tremendous, tremendous. One of the best GM moves by Rob Palenka. Heading out east. Heading out east is tough because obviously it was highlighted by Kyle Lowry to the Heat. Kyle Lowry to the Heat makes them the finals contender that they hope for. You put him, Jimmy Butler, and Bam together. That is the team that should go top four in the East, should be an Eastern Conference Finals contender. you got to compete with the Bucs and the Nets, but I think they're on that level right below them, maybe that three, uh, depending on what Simmons does with the Sixers. But it's hard to say that that's the best move in the East. When the Bulls signed Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan, Looking at just a sheer jump in standings, the Heat were an NBA Finals team. And then they went down to six. Obviously, that happens sometimes. Championship hangover, whatever you want to call it. They get Kyle Lowry. Maybe that puts them back at the three or four, like I was saying. The Bulls were in that 12, 13, 14 range. They got Lonzo Ball. They got DeMar DeRozan. They added in next to Nikola Vukovic, Patrick Williams, who was showing out in the summer league right now. And they add next to Zach Levine. And you've got a squad. You've got a squad that's going to jump from 12 to 13 to that five or six slot. I think they're in that second or third tier. I think the tiers go Brooklyn, Milwaukee, no doubt about it. And then you get to that Philadelphia, Boston, Miami. And then I think the Bulls are right there. It's hard not to say the Bulls are right there. Levine's a superstar. Lonzo's taking stride after stride. His three-point shot is getting better. He defends off. Guard of forward positions, Grady is a long wingspan. You throw to Rosen in, he's a proven scorer. Vukovic is a star at center. Patrick Williams is a budding star at the power forward forward position, whatever he may be. If he can develop a consistent three-point shot, I think it's curtains. I think the Bulls will be a top five team in the East. And it's much due in part to Lonzo going there. I think Lonzo was the first domino to fall. DeMar saw it. Saw it. He liked it. He went there. And then they filled out with some roster guys. Uh Bradley from the he started with the Jazz, went to the Sixers. Now he was on the Thunder. He's a defensive big man. And they had some defense. I like what Chicago did, and it all started with Lonzo Ball. So that was my best move in the East. Another good move in the East for me. It sounds crazy, but Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis staying with Milwaukee and taking a pay cut. I love that. I love that because one, the city made him feel like he was wanted. Uh, you saw it at the parade. You saw it at the end of games, chanting Bobby. He was playing big minutes in the finals. And his three-point shot is getting better. It got so much better from his time in Chicago to New York, now in Milwaukee. You saw him play big minutes in the 
at what ended up being the clinching game for the Bucks that won the finals. I loved it because the Bucks they 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 lost PJ Tucker, which I think is a little bit wishy-washy. Tucker's a big minus offensively. He if you look at the stats of the playoffs, I don't think he averaged more than five points a game. And he's supposed to be this defensive stopper, but Booker was giving him 40. Kevin Durant was giving him 40. I don't know. I don't know what to think about the Tucker. I think he's got that dog mentality. He's versatile. He can defend multiple positions, but I don't know if he can defend them well. I like saying with Bobby, they traded for Grayson Allen. Milwaukee did. I think that was a good move. I'm interested to see what they look like there. I think they're, they got George Hill back too. So they have a bench that is starting to form out a little bit around those three guys. Derek Rose stayed with the Knicks. That was a good move. Jared Allen stayed with Cleveland. Another good move. Alex Caruso went to the Bulls as well, which sure. Sure. Tweet me your guys' best moves in the West and East. I'm sure I'm missing some. I didn't give an offseason NBA all airtime award, but I'm just going to go over some of the moves I didn't like. I don't like Doug McDermott getting a bag to go to San Antonio. That just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, McDermott's a very middling role player and and San Antonio getting a pretty good bag. And another move I just didn't like was New Orleans giving up on Lonzo Ball, trading away Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, three guys that are known as defensive-minded players around Zion and Brandon Ingram, who are not the most elite defensive guys, put it softly. Got Jonas Valanciunas, which I like his fit around Zion. But then signing Devontae Graham in a sign-and-trade and trading a first-round pick, it just doesn't make sense. Now, I know you got a slew of first-round picks from the Bucks trade with Drew Holiday, but Devontae Graham's not the answer there. I like him as like a six-man. He can score. That was what his role was with Charlotte when he thrived. And now New Orleans, they threw away Lonzo Ball, who's probably going to be – an all-star caliber guard coming up in the future now that he's a big market like Chicago. You got rid of Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, which I like. Those guys' money was bad, but your defense is kind of shot now. Your two-guard is gone. You've Thomas Sadoransky and Josh Hart to fill that role. I don't like it. I don't like it. And New Orleans, they're just it feels like they're running Zion out of town. And, and it's just a matter of time before he asks out. Another move I didn't like? I, I spoke about it with the Bucks, but P.J. Tucker to the Heat for the money he got, I, I don't know what the Heat are expecting out of him. I, I, he, he, he's versatile. He is, brings a good mentality. He's, got a, he's a great locker room guy. Guys on the Bucks said he loved him. Guys on the Rockets said they loved him. I just don't know what he brings on the court. So I, I have to see what I, how that's going to transpire. Andre Drummond to the Sixers, that's another one I just kind of scratched my head about. You don't have three-point spacing around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So what do you do? You sign another big man that struggles to space the floor. I did like Blake Griffin taking a veteran's minimum again with Brooklyn. I didn't like how he got to Brooklyn. The You got paid by the Pistons, man. Just play for the Pistons and play that contract out and then go to Brooklyn if you want. No, he kind of sat and whined and moped get out of town and he did and then he's playing like old art not old Blake Griffin but when he was an all NBA caliber player on the Pistons with the Nets and it's just it, that's that's not fair to anybody uh, I do like him staying with Brooklyn though he carved out a nice role and he's going to continue to thrive in that role Andre Goodall to Golden State 
for the Mems, sure. I don't know what he's going to bring there. It's kind of like a Tucker to the Heat thing for me. If if they can channel some of that old energy back, maybe. But it's still, still, uh, I, I like it because that that brings me back to when Golden State's glory days when they had the death lineup of Barnes, Iguodala, Green, Curry, and Thompson. Like I said, tweet me any moves you didn't like, you did like. I, I'm interested. I always like talking basketball. After the break, we have two airtime awards left. We have the female athlete of the summer and male athlete of the summer. Two pretty interesting discussions. Got some honorable mentions. All those will be after the break. As for the female athlete of the summer, I, I had a couple of names, but None stood out more to me than Simone Biles. What she did on and off the floor, beam, bars, vault, it was it's just in, incredible. You know, um, she's obviously the greatest of all time, greatest of my generation, the best I've ever seen, uh, male or female gymnast. She's got her own scoring system. She got bronze medal uh, and the individuals. But for me, the reason I'm giving this award to her was what she did off the floor. You know, she brought attention to mental disease. And and as someone that has struggled with that and as the world struggles with that right now with the pandemic, I, I thought it was great. Um, granted, her aunt had passed away a couple of weeks before the Olympics. She, she still went. She still said she was quoted saying that she wanted to continue to bring attention to the Nasser um, event, the the disgusting acts that he did. She she said that if she didn't compete, she felt like it'd be swept under the rug. Which that takes a strong woman to say. It takes a strong woman to say, and obviously she's one of the strongest women I've ever seen on the on the gymnast side of things, but. Mentally, that's a, that's a very, very hard thing to do. And I, I give her kudos for that. And it's one of those things she's in every ad on every TV channel, every talk show, every podcast talking about, you know, how good of a gymnast she is, how she's the face of the sport. And I just have to imagine that just gets exhausting. You know, she is she obviously knows she's one of the greatest. She's got the medal comp to do so. And she wears a goat, a literal goat on her leotards. So she knows this, you know, the, the, the fatigue that she must feel from the constant need that it feels like the country has of her around Olympic time. It it must be just dreadful. And I, I give her credit for showing strength in the face of adversity and showing strength and uh, staying out there and helping those girls end up winning a silver medal. You know, I, I thought that was incredible. And for that reason, uh, you know, I, a lot of great female Olympians got medals. But I think that's a better uh, reason to be a female athlete. Like you are an athlete. You are what little girls and boys look up to. And you come out and do that kind of stuff. That show, that's a role model. That's not just an athlete. So kudos to her. Simone Biles, you're my female athlete of the summer. You're my female athlete of the year. It's what you did transcends sports. I I give you credit. Male athlete of the year. 
I thought long and hard about this one because John Cena, he was in movies. He came back to WWE. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he won a couple of champion. He won a championship, won a couple of awards. And then you look at guys like, I don't know, say a Shohei Otani, a Vladimir Guerrero Jr., guys that have been tearing it up. You go to Kevin Durant. He just won his country a gold medal. You go to Gable, the wrestler that literally, literally won a wrestle, wrestling match buzzer beater. And this much, this might be my bias talking. I have to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I went to school in Milwaukee. I love the Bucs. But sticking with a team, not going to a super team, taking the max deal with them, letting them grow a team around you, and, and you and Chris Middleton battling out minutes all of the time. And then, and then having the gusto to say in a press conference after you won the championship, I did it the right way. I didn't go to a super team and saying F super teams basically. That's a young man that's going to be a problem in the NBA on the court for a long time. And that's a man that's going to, that's going to piss a lot of NBA players off. And, and you see that, you know, uh, as we saw during the NBA finals, there was a lot of what ifs. It was like, oh, well, if Giannis misses time, is Chris Middleton the MVP? No, nobody recognized him to be this MVP, to be a guy that's going to drop 50 points in game six until he did it. And then, and then stars came out and said, wow, this kid's special. You don't see it. You see it about LeBron. You see it about Steph. You don't see it about Giannis. So, so him bringing attention to himself, getting himself a ring and doing it the right way in my eyes. I think that's, that's, that, that seals the deal for me on male athlete of the year. My close, close runner up was Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday won the championship. Drew Holiday during the pandemic. Now this is pre-summer, but during the pandemic gave some of his paycheck to some of the arena workers. And then he, after he won the championship, he didn't take a break. He went straight to the Olympics and won a gold medal. So you, you tell me, I think one of either Milwaukee Bucks players has a chance to be the airtime awards male athlete of the year. But for right now, I'm sticking with Giannis Antetokounmpo for the male athlete of the summer. That's it for me, folks. That rounds out the airtime awards. I hope you all enjoyed. I hope you all had a good time. I hope you all have your own opinions about what your top five songs, top five movies, the best flyer of the year. I want to hear them all. Tweet at me at nothing but airtime, N-O-T-H-I-N-B-T-A-I-R-T-I-M-E. All of the graphics will go up there at around 12 o'clock on Wednesday. And that's it for me. That's it for me. Stay safe, guys. Have a good Wednesday.